Now, you might have just done the New Year's resolution thing, the letting go of one of those things. I just want us to be really clear at the outset that our following Jesus isn't just a commitment. Sure, we commit our lives to following Jesus, but it's not just one of the commitments in our life. Following Jesus is a call, a call on our life. The words that came out at the end of that verse as Jesus got on the boats or called out to the guys in the boats and said, come follow me. That's the call that echoes through the gospel, through God's word, and particularly in the book of Mark. And that call is liberating. That is a call to a life of freedom. That's why it's truly good news. So why are we going through the book of Mark? Well, it is nice and neat, and I do like those kind of things. Leads into Easter, it all fits seasonally, but that is not the reason. The real reason is that there's lots of stuff that demands our attention. And at this time of year, you kind of might have been in a little bit of a lull. You might have had a little bit of time off, but it will ramp up. It does, doesn't it? Particularly if you've got kids and you're about to send them back to school or if you're heading back to work this week or if you've already done that last week. Lots of stuff always demands our time and attention. When we know the one that we're following and we're committed to knowing him deep, more deeply and better, it means that when those things demand our attention, they're not as much of a distraction. They don't pull us away from that call that's on our life. That, that mantra that we have of growing and showing and going is always growing into Jesus' likeness, always showing his goodness and always going in his service. So we want to make sure that we're always knowing Jesus. We're also preaching through Mark because there's been people around who don't know Jesus yet. There's been people visiting us over the Christmas period, over the end of last year. Maybe it's you here today. Maybe it's the person that you've been talking to that you're going to invite between now and Easter. Maybe it's the person that's been tuning in on this live stream or the stuff that we've been putting up on Facebook. We want to give everyone the opportunity to know Jesus as well. Good enough reasons? Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word, it works in our heart, Lord. Your word is powerful. Lord, we thank you for the gospel of Mark, for everything that we can discover in it. And Lord, as we hear truths for the first time and as we hear them afresh, help us to know that call on our life, the freedom that we have in following you. And Lord, give us a heart that is repentant and, and a heart that is faithful to go on following you. So we ask this in your power, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, have you caught up with anyone over the last few weeks? People have been moving around. People have been around for Christmas and New Year's. Have you caught up with someone? Most of us have. Have you caught up with that person, though, that is a motor mouth? You know that person that when they catch up with them, they just start telling you what's going on and they are a motor mouth. They just don't stop at all. Maybe it's you if you haven't caught up with one. But I love the excitement of people that are motor mouths. Our boy Sonny, he can be that sometimes. Just, and it's like all that, you won't believe this. I've got to tell you this. Well, Mark is a little bit like that in how he tells the story of Jesus. A few times there you see that phrase, and then straight after 
at once. In different translations, it's the word immediately. Mark's like that. He just wants to get it all out there. And it's not because like when I was a little kid, he's just got verbal diarrhea. That's what mum used to tell me. But he's so fast-paced because he's excited because this is good news. Because it's really good news. News that must be shared. Right there in the first verse again. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. See, that's he wants us to know that God's promised king has come, the anointed one. Now, that word anointing, think of it like this. God's, the one with God's power and God's blessing, the one that God has sent through our time in Ezra and Nehemiah. It's kind of like, unlike the other leaders, the one that could lead perfectly, the Messiah. Second of all, he says, He's the Son of God, the Son of God, the one that will come to do God's work. There's an allusion here to Daniel chapter 3 and that story of the fourth figure present in the furnace as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are there being punished. And then there's this fourth figure there, this God-man present with humanity there to protect Mark is keen. In fact, the first eight chapters can be summarized explaining that Jesus is God. Notice that there's no Christmas stories here. He's straight into it. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Why is this such good news? Well, firstly, Mark wants us to know it's such good news because it's what God promised. He picks up on that prophecy from Isaiah 40. Isaiah 43, where a messenger will come to get people ready to hear the good news. And that's his way of introducing John the Baptist. John the Baptist is there being the prophet to announce Jesus' coming. There's a connection that he's trying to make here, a connection that this is the continuation of God's promises in the Old Testament. He wants you to know, what, he wants us to realise that God's faithfulness is fulfilled in Jesus. What happened with Jesus coming to bring God's good news is exactly what God promised. God is faithful. And we can testify to that. We can look at our own circumstances to that. But the reason that we can really know it is because it's evidenced in Jesus. And so there is a way being prepared. God's people were in one mess after another for years and years. See, like when we looked at Ezra and Nehemiah, They could set up the systems, but the people's hearts could not remain faithful. The condition of religious Israel, you'll see them in Mark's gospel, and they're the ones that are full of hypocrisy, that are now on about power. And power is now with the Romans as they're under occupation. And into that, Jesus steps and and shows what God's faithfulness is really about, what God's promises are really about. Now, there's a second reason why this is good news. The first reason, because God is faithful to his promises. But the second reason is because there's a message on John the Baptist's lips, and that is to repent and be forgiven. Now, we've heard that message before, but just think about what that message isn't. It's not a message of condemnation. It's not the message that that should be being brought. So many of the prophets had to speak judgment. 
when I read that one passage from Isaiah 40 at the start of the service, that's one of the rare passages where the prophets can speak of God's salvation. But so much of what they came to share was, was of God's coming judgment. But as John comes, in advance of Jesus, he can announce that you can turn away from sin. That in Jesus you can find forgiveness. You can know God personally and without the barrier of your sin. So let's draw breath. Mark has slammed all this news on us and it piles up on you that this is truly good news. And I hope that I haven't said anything new to any of us yet. But what happens next is really what makes sense of what is going on. Look down at verse 9, 10 and 11 with me. At that time... Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. For heaven, for heaven to tear open, for God to speak, for God's spirit to descend, that's to indicate that God is interested and involved and reaching into the world. That's who our God is. Often I think we doubt or struggle sometimes as we go on following Jesus or we doubt and follow if we're coming to the point of accepting Jesus we doubt because we can often feel like God is distant or, or uninvolved or uninterested. You might be in a season of that right now. We go through them, don't we? But the good news of Jesus shows so clearly that God is interested. The heavens tore open. His love is to father us as we hear the voice of the Father pronouncing who his son is. Sometimes this happens in the face of, of disappointments that we doubt. We can doubt and struggle because we, we, we are disappointed in circumstances in our life when things don't live up to the expectations that, that we put on them. The amazing thing being shown here, here is that, that the disappointment God's, our disappointments, God deals with through Jesus, are, are the even deeper disappointments that we'll experience. Because while we go through disappointments where life doesn't quite turn out how we like it to or what we expect, it's likely that we, we also struggle and experience disappointments in ourselves as we fail to live the life that we want to, as we fail to live for God as we want to. As in our sin, we fail to be the people that we want to be. We fail to live as God created us to. But see here that, that God tearing in to the world, well, it tears into that bigger problem because this is set as Jesus is baptised. And what is Baptism. Well, it's that, that sign of washing, of cleansing, of new life. 
heaven is tearing open and it's happening as this symbol of, of purification, of washing clean, of new life is, is being shown right there. A little later, you know, you don't have to read the situation to, to get this really clearly. Look at verse 15. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. So it's right on Jesus' lips. God's kingdom is near. And so the call there is to repent and to believe. It is good news that God has shown up. How do you react when you see flashing lights? Like, like the type that you'll see on a fire engine or an ambulance or a, or a thing. I don't know if you're driving your car and you see them, you're like, oh, how fast am I going? Or how, how much did I drink last night? Or something like that. If you hear the ambulance or you see the ambulance, you're like, oh, who's sick? What is going on? And you kind of feel tense. But last Friday night when I had to call the ambulance for Sunday and I saw the lights come in the street at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I tell you what, it was a sign of relief because help was here. When God shows up, that's how we should see what's going on. To Have God show up in your life whenever that happened, or if that's happening right now in this season, for God to be showing up, we realise that help is here. It is wonderful news because he comes with a saviour. He comes sending a saviour with his forgiveness. It's huge and wonderful news. No matter how long ago God tore into your life, into your heart, into your thinking, it's still good news. Because he's still graciously here to lead and guide you, lead you into and in life. And notice here who God is. See, the Son looks up and the Father speaks and the Spirit descends. God is simultaneously the perfect Father who cares for each of us, the Spirit that dwells in us, comforts us, empowers us, and He's the Son who saves us and, and rules us in love. God is three in one, but equal, but different, and all bringing us into a life of freedom and of following Him into freedom. Maybe you were really enriched in that truth as you read that Enjoying God book through the back half of last year. If you haven't read that, I've still got copies of it. And if you want to read it again, I encourage you to. I even found a podcast from a Prezi church down in Canberra that are doing a book club on that at the moment. So ask me about that or I'll put it out on the email. But, but to realise that, that, just let me say those things again. God is simultaneously the perfect Father that cares for you, the Spirit that dwells in you, empowers you and comforts you, and the Son who saves you and lovingly is the Lord of your life. Isn't that a remarkable God that we know and serve? It brings us on to the third point. Go back to verse 12 now. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended to him. So the Spirit takes Jesus into the wilderness and this is loaded with meaning. That's where Adam and Eve were sent. That was sent out of the garden into the wilderness. Israel, the nation, were literally in the wilderness 
after the Exodus. Israel was spiritually in the wilderness when they were in exile. Without Jesus, we are in the wilderness. We are lost out there. We are, we, and we're going to fail. We're going to fall into temptation. But what does Jesus do there? He overcomes temptation. He breaks with the problem that we all have. He does what no one has ever been able to do precisely because Jesus was sinless. He can be our saviour. And so we keep reading on. And this is fast-paced, isn't it? But we get now that John is in prison and Jesus is out pronouncing that simple message that the time has come, God's kingdom has come near, repent and believe the good news. Now, I've already explained that God's kingdom has come near. But Jesus makes it clear what all of our response should be all of the time, and that is, to repent and to believe, to be people that are turned our way from sin, not harboring it, not trying to conceal it or hide it, but have our back turned to it. We turn, we repent, and we believe. Believe that this is good news for us, that this has happened for us. It's following him. And that's, it plays out in what happens in the next verse. Look at verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus' call is to come follow him. It's not get away from me. It's not sort yourself out and then come find me. It's not, it's it's come follow me. This is what it is to put repentance and belief into action. I don't need to illustrate it because it does it for us. To leave your old life. They get up and follow him, don't they? They leave it and trust that Jesus is going to take them somewhere and it's going to be good. Some people struggle as Christians because of guilt, because there is, you know, sin that we just know is still there. But if we're in that situation, Jesus' word to us is, come, follow me. He graciously says it. He says, leave it behind. I will deal with it. I've dealt with it. Some people resist becoming Christians because of shame. But Jesus knows who everyone is, what everyone is like, and still to them he says, come, follow me. And even though there is reason for shame, shame Jesus doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't use, shame doesn't factor in. We meet a Jesus who's full of compassion and mercy. Even some people struggle with following because of pain or suffering or hurt in their life. But notice this, that Jesus brings God's kingdom near, his kingdom of comfort, his kingdom where there is no pain or crying or suffering. Ultimately, to take that pain and to suffer in our place. Still, some of us struggle with doubt and pride. Well, Jesus arrives and answers with grace because Jesus wants people to follow him. He jumps down on the beach at the Sea of Galilee and we see this good news reach the ears of the first four disciples that Mark tells us about. Jesus says this remarkable thing, come and fish for people. 
Come and forget about your, your fishing business. Come and fish for people. Follow me. This is for many. It's not just for these four guys. It is for everyone that will be caught up in this. See, we'll, we'll struggle in different seasons and in different ways. We'll struggle feeling like our commitment to Jesus is, is just that and not, not a full call on our life. We'll go through seasons where it feels like an anchor. All of these things we might experience. But we know that the call on our life is always good news, liberating news. We know that Jesus came fishing and sent people out fishing and he's netted us up. We're part of his catch where he's bringing God's kingdom near. I want to remind you that Jesus is better news than you ever first realised. When you first received Jesus, Jesus is better news than you realised at that point and responded on. As you go on in your Christian life, you will realise that Jesus is better news than you thought yesterday. He's better news than we ever first realised. And as we go on following, we will keep discovering just how good this news is. So the challenge to us as believers is to know the one that we're following. The challenge to keep our back turned on our old life that kind of, you know, we still remember it, we still know that it's there and keep on trusting him, knowing the goodness of his good news. And if you're not a believer and if you're not a believer listening on Facebook there, the call from Jesus is to come Follow him to turn away from the life that you're leading and come and find his love and forgiveness and freedom. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son, that you sent him to be the saviour that we so desperately needed. Lord, we thank you for all the good news that Mark makes so clear to us. Lord, we pray that as we start today and continue on, looking through this account of Jesus' life. Lord, we just pray that, that it might be clear to us who Jesus is, that it might be clear to us what it is to repent and be believing in the good news, what it is to have that call in our life to come and follow him. Lord, we pray that in calling ourselves Christians, we might really realise that that is people that follow Christ. And Lord, may that be true in every area of our life that we might be following you. Lord, we thank and praise you for the grace that we've received in you, that we can even do that, that we can come to you and find your forgiveness and mercy and kindness. And Lord, we pray too that we might recognise that call on our lives to join in the fishing that you're doing, Lord, that this message is for many people, many people, many who don't know it yet. And so, Lord, we pray that we might see more people caught up in this good news. We ask it for your glory and for our joy. Amen.